right, second string podcast back in the house, baby. Confessions of a young professional. It's Tuesday today. April 6th has come out Wednesday, April 7th. I don't know why I always do that. I just out myself. Like I think when I listen to pros do it, they just say it's Wednesday. Like they fool you. They fool us. I don't know why I always tell on myself. It's April, it's Wednesday, April 7th, as far as you're concerned, pal. Confessions of a Young Professional Second String Podcast. We're back. I'm feeling good. It's hot as balls in Detroit today. It's like going to be 80. It's April 7th, and it's going to be 81 and sunny today in the D. Woo! Come on now. Come on now. I wish. I documented my trip to Austin, Texas. Couldn't stop talking about the dog-friendly park. I wish there was something cool like that around here. Like, there are parks, but they're whatever. I mean, they got a couple baseball fields and a volleyball court or two. But, like, nothing that's really pulling me in. I go to the park just because I'm outside, not because I fucking feel it at the park. When I was at Zilker Park, you feel it. You get near the place. You get within, like, five miles of it, and it's like a dog when it starts thunderstorming. You just can sense it in the air. I wish we had something like that, just a badass park. If I ever become mayor, I swear this to you. If I ever become mayor or become the Leslie Nope of like Metro Detroit and get to weigh in on park decisions, I promise I will make it my mission to build a badass park or make a badass park, create, I don't know, build seems weird, create a badass park. There's music, food trucks, a big ass rock that's fun to look at, just huge too. We'll put it in the, so you can see the skyline of Detroit. My promise to you, if the day comes, that's it. That's the one thing. That's the one thing Detroit's missing. We got the lakes, the river, the city. We got it all. The cool little suburbs, Ferndale, Royal Oak. We don't have a cool-ass park, though. We don't have a big, massive park that's just a breeding ground for good vibes on a Saturday morning. We don't have that, and we need it. We absolutely do. We're already behind the eight ball enough. We don't have mountains and cool hiking stuff to do. You got you to gotta supplement that with a park. You have to. It feels like that's kind of when you're designing the nature, like you're playing the Sims and you're designing the nature park to keep your citizens happy or roller coaster tycoon. It feels like you either have hiking trails and mountains or you have cool parks and we don't have either. So what are we exactly doing? And anything that resembles a mountain is because we just threw all our trash underneath it, which is almost worse than just having no mountains or hills at all. My promise to you, if and when the day comes, Nick Bradley's mayor of Detroit, that'll I'll, be, I'll run on that. Taxes, who cares? Creating jobs, doesn't matter. Parks, you want to park? Then I'm your guy. First ballot, mayor. I'm your guy if you want to park. And it's not going to be some, oh, like a little patch of grass. It's going to be a park that people in fucking Indonesia read about. They're like, oh my God. Have you read about this park that just opened up around Detroit? I might leave my gig as the mayor at that point and just make myself a contractor park builder. Like, Oh, your city's kind of lacking on the nature outdoor, cool shit, good vibes thing to do. All right. There's one guy to call. It's like ghostbusters. I'll be ghostbusters for parks. Call up Nick Bradley. He'll, he'll make a sweet park. You need food trucks. He's the fucking guy. He practically invented food trucks at parks. That may be this podcasting thing. It seems like I've, I've, Long thought for the last year, this is the end game. It might be a professional park designer. It might be the number one name, the number one gun for hire, a contract killer in the park industry. Oh, we you need to bring some positive vibes? Boom, this guy. He'll bring in a little bit of that 
Kentucky bluegrass, some music. He'll set up some speakers that you can't even see. Like he'll put speakers in the trees at the park. Boom. You're good to go. He'll create dog fountains. You bring your dog, they get water fountains. There's dog water fountains. There will be dog water fountains at this park. Boom. You're missing out on mountains and shit. All right, we'll throw in a couple big rocks. I'll import a few rocks from out west. We'll throw, we'll just drop them around the park. Fine, you don't have mountains. At least you got this massive boulder you can look at and have your kids climb on and stuff like that. And the best part is you're going to get this massive boulder and we're going to ship it in and vet it and clean it. No rattlesnakes, no weird lizards or scorpions. I don't know what else they got living in those things. We're going to keep it clean. Maybe you'll see the offhand grasshopper, a couple fire ants here and there, climb it at your own risk. We're going to keep that thing clean though. That may be my actual calling. I'm realizing... At this moment, you guys are just, you just went on a, a life's mission journey with me. This may be my actual calling. Forget podcasting and making jokes and talking about sports. Shirts, forget them. I'm going to start creating, selling shirts. I'm going to sell parks. I'm going to sell park ideas. That may be, that may be the guy. It's literally the guy in Parks and Rec from Eagleton who comes in the Pawnee to develop their park. That'll be me, except I won't be an asshole. I'll just be a good guy. Even though that guy in the show, he wasn't the asshole, I'm pretty sure. It was his henchmen that were assholes, if I'm remembering correctly. Could be wrong. Anyways, confessions of a young professional. Interesting topic today. Still, like, I'm same boat. I'll let you know when something changes. Same boat, though. Not really doing a whole lot. I mean, kind of just waiting to hear back from people, sending emails, getting absolutely ghosted. You think it hurts to get ghosted when you text that girl you like? It hurts 10 times more when you email your manager and they just like, that's how insignificant you are. They don't even give, they're paying you and they don't give a fuck. That's how insignificant they are. So I'm still, you know, we're getting the wheels turning, having a meeting here and there, waiting to hear back, getting the training, getting up to speed. Not a whole lot to report. I'm still kind of like, you know, I'm working, I'm in the corporate world, but like barely. It's kind of like semantics for me right now. I'm technically, Technically, I'm in the working world. Technically, I'm in corporate America, but day to day, physically, what like you, if you just put a camera on me and watch me for a day, you'd be like, this dude's so unemployed. It makes me sick. That's kind of where I'm at right now. But, you know, it's fine. I'm not going to complain. I don't mind it. But that did this whole phenomenon, kind of what I talked about last week, too, having the days where you just aren't really doing shit, has brought me to a revelation that I think I already had, I already knew of, I already was thinking about before any of this, but now has become more clear than anything in my life. It's like uh, revealing your third eye of of corporate America. So my previous employments, two um, or my previous two employments pre-COVID, normal work from home. Who works? That's not real. You don't get to work from home. You go in, you drive, you're you're wasting time of your day sitting in the car behind that person who's going 32 miles an hour in a 45. And you're like, dude, come on. Yeah. You live for the Friday drive home where you're just blasting Santeria by sublime already hitting the group chat, texting the boys. What are we doing tonight? Beers. What are we like? Let's figure something out. That's, that's my entire notion of employment and working is from that time, from that era of employment. Now we're a remote Anytime I talk to someone, it's on the phone or over Zoom or over email. Uh, my office is like my family room couch, sometimes my kitchen table, maybe my dining room table. Here and there, I'll throw it in the room. 
here and there, I'll just go up there. If I want to get alone, isolate, got some important shit to say. That doesn't exist. I'm kidding. I never have important things to say. But you catch what I'm saying. Kind of switch it up. Work where you want. I realized, or this has taught me, or this is, I think I maybe knew it all along, but now that I'm actually doing it, this has proven that working from home is perhaps the biggest game changer in the history of working. I've started to realize that I don't think the reason that I would sit in my internships and sit at the nine to five and be like, oh man, this kind of blows. Like, you know, the midlife crisis feeling where you're sitting there had one, why I started this the summer before COVID had one. It was the scariest Monday of them all the Monday after the 4th of July weekend. I remember sitting in my car at lunch, like, damn. So this is really it. I'm 22 and or 21. I don't even remember, but this is it. Like, forever. This is just it. Now I just do this for 40, 50 years. And then that's it. I think the reason I got, you get down in those slumps and you're like, Oh man, this nine to five thing, is going to be tough to do for 50 more years. It's never been about the nine to five. I don't think it's never been about the work. It's never been about having a job you need to do to get paid. I don't think it's been about that again. Disclaimer. I already said it in, in the last week's episode. I'm not fucking Mr. Important. I'm not swamped all day. I'm not on calls all day. I have no stress. Like nobody's relying on Nick Bradley to come up with the Excel sheet to save the company millions. I haven't even come close to any of that. I don't even know like what I'm going to be doing tomorrow is where I'm at. So I'm very stress-free, very insignificant, pretty much not even there is the best way to put it. But again, that's what has made me realize, wait a second, working from home makes working like, I don't really mind it. Think about it. Think about it. You're my age. What do you like to do on the weekends? You like to go out with friends, maybe hit the bar, go downtown, go do this or that, whatever. You're not going to do that every, let's say everyone just had money. You're not going to do that all the time anyway. You're going to spend like three, four days a week. It's like, all right, well, I don't want to drink again today. I don't want to go do this again today. I want to do something productive. Whether it's working a nine to five or you like photography, you want to be a photographer, taking pictures or a cook or whatever, you're going to do something. You're going to make yourself productive no matter what. So at home doing the nine to five, you're like, all right, I don't mind this. Like I get up 20 minutes before I start work, throw on the laptop. Do, do it for eight hours and then whatever I do the rest of my, whatever I want with the rest of my day. The key two things. Number one, I think this probably goes for 99.9% of the people in the world, especially if you live like over 20 minutes away from your place of employment. The commutes have to be the worst part of working. Have to be. Think about it. Let's say you get in the office at nine. Instead of right now, you wake up at 8.30, roll out of bed, get a cup of coffee and get working. You got to wake up an hour early. You take a shower. You get your coffee in you. You got to wear nice clothes. And then you got to drive 30 minutes to where you work. My case, I was always like 45 an hour away from where I work. So I'm like at the extreme end of this blows. You waste another hour, maybe even a little bit more every single morning. You're losing an hour of sleep. And you're spending that hour like, oh, I got to put on this collared shirt. I got to sit in traffic like, ugh. and then on the way home, 
it's maybe even worse. You're done for the day. All you want to do is get home and start the rest of your day, go to the gym, watch a movie, make dinner, whatever. All you want to do is just be home. You just, All right, cool. I finished work today. Let me just be home now. Can I just be just on my couch already? You got to spend another hour sitting in the car, waiting for people in front of you, like not even driving. That's the other thing too. When you have a 40 minute commute, but you're driving for 40 minutes, you're moving for 40 minutes, still annoying, but okay, you can live with it. When you have a 40 minute commute and it's only 40 minutes because you're sitting in traffic, you have to stop four different times at the same red light. That's when you're like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. That No more of that. You're saving like two hours on your day every day. You're saving the frustration of sitting in traffic, which I think is maybe the worst thing in the world. Elon Musk has said it. Don't take it from me. Take it from Elon. Traffic is the world's greatest problem. Like that's a fact. You remove traffic, everybody, which work from home, literally just removes traffic from your life. Everybody's way happier. Okay. You save two hours. You're not pissed off in the car. And then the flip side, if you're someone like me, you're not Mr. Important. You're not in meetings 10 hours a day. You're not constantly doing stuff, talking to people. You have free time throughout the day. All of a sudden, you're at home. You have free time. You're like, all right, sweet. I'll take my dog for a walk. Boom. You're not doing anything. You're not wasting your time. You're not just sitting around waiting for work. If you were like me at my internships, another part of the reason that it sucks so much is half the time I'm there, I'm just kind of sitting there waiting for someone to give me something to do, or I'm waiting for four 30 or five o'clock to come around because I don't have anything to do and no one's going to give me anything to do. Now, even though you're kind of wasting your time, because like, let's say from two to 5 PM, two to the end of the day, you have nothing to do. You're not going to go to the grocery store, go work out. But now, all right, I'll take my dog for a walk. I'll do my laundry. I'll read a book. I'll do that. Like I'll watch an episode of something in the background. Like now, all of a sudden, when you're not doing something, instead of just sitting at your desk, like I said, fucking researching articles about the headquarters of hostess and things like that, you don't have to waste your time doing that and trying to convince yourself that, oh, hey, look, I'm reading this Wikipedia article. So if anyone does walk by me, it'll totally look like I'm doing something important. You don't need to live that lie anymore. All You got a free 30 minutes. You got a free hour. All right, I'll do a load of laundry. Boom. Two birds, one stone. You're on the clock. You're waiting for something to do. You're not push. You're not blowing work off because you're just free and you're taking care of that laundry, which otherwise you would have had to wait till 7 p.m. to do. It It's revolutionized the game for me, especially, especially as someone who in those internships and obviously right now, a lot of my days are, I'll have like a meeting. And then after the meeting, I'm kind of like, well, now what? There's seven more hours today. What do I do? I don't really know what to do. And instead of sitting in the office, mindlessly staring at your computer, trying to make it seem like you're busy at home, it's like, all right, well, I can go on a walk. I can go be outside. I can stretch the legs, get that step count up, burn those calories, hot boy summer. I can read a book a bit. I can watch that last episode of Peaky. Shout out Peaky. I can do so- Tigers play at 110. All right, sweet. I'll throw the Tigers on, have my email up, see what happens. Like the world of possibilities, the day of work, all of a sudden, you're still working. And obviously, if you have stuff to do, you're doing stuff. But all of a sudden, it becomes like you're just living your life. 
like nine to five every day. Even let's say you are busy nine to five every day. Face it. You're not spending nine to five every day, Monday through Friday. And then the weekends, you're not going downtown and getting drinks at 2 PM on a Tuesday, right? You're not, you're not traveling every single week if you don't have a job. Cause guess what? Nobody, unless you're fucking LeBron James, you can't afford it. And he can't cause he's got to play basketball games. Like all this thing, all these things where you're like, Oh man, if I didn't have a job, I would do this, this, and that. You're probably not going to do them anyway, because a, you're going to spend a million dollars and B like it, it'll get old too. Like, that's why the weekends are so great too, is because, all right, Saturday night, Saturday, the one day a week where I'm just going to go chill out in my friend's backyard, listen to music and hang out. And the other days of the week, it feels good to put in a little grind, get a little blood, sweat, and tears going. It feels good. And then you reward yourself Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The work from home has revolutionized and completely flipped my perception of the nine to five on its head, to be totally honest. Coming into it, I was like, I mean, I try to be open-minded, but I'd done it. I'd done the nine to five thing in my internships. And I was like, eh, it's not great. You know, maybe this place will be different. Hopefully now that I'm like full-time and not an intern, I'll have more responsibility, get a little more self-worth, a little more motivation, but I'm still like in the back of my head, eh, it's not going to be great. This work from home is game changing. It's game changing. Like you're, you eat lunch at home. You can do whatever you can run an errand. It, you sit, you're not wasting money on gas. You're not spending two hours a day in the car. Like how, how does everybody not, how is everyone not obsessed with work from home? And I know a lot of people do like it, but I've talked to some of my friends and they're like, Oh, you missed the social aspect, which is the only aspect that like the only real downside of it. Fine. Fair enough. But at the same time, it's like, if you're that good of friends with your coworkers, you guys can meet up, go play around the golf, go do this or that. Anyways, you probably have your friends, unless you just moved to a new city, you probably got your social friends that you're hanging out with on the weekends. Anyways, like you're right. You're probably not hitting up your coworkers every Saturday. You're probably hitting up your other friends on the Saturdays. Like sacrifice that just, and then you get, you're at home. You have nothing to do. You can spend an hour doing this or that or whatever. You don't waste time in the car. You don't have to wake up as early. You don't have to do all these things. You're saving money on gas and parking and all that shit. It is game changing. Like I'm sitting here now. Like I don't mind this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So weird bit of ending there. Got interrupted. Classic. Working out of your parents' house. People just building an empire here, folks. Building a media Detroit-based empire here. Trying to be the voice of the Motor City. Nobody cares. Coming home from a walk, making dinner, grabbing cheese. Let's, let's just make all the noise in the world. So that's what it was. Being quiet now because I'm in my family room. <laughs> Everyone's asleep. But you get what I'm saying with the young professional stuff. Work from home. It, it's revolutionized the game. It's revolutionized the game of working. It. We'll see. We'll see what happens when things go back to normal and I'm back in person. Maybe this that was just a phase in my early, early, early 20s. Now that I'm in my normally early 20s, maybe I won't mind it. But I feel like I've come to the realization that working from home or the thing that I didn't like about working in the first place was the whole commute wear a collared shirt pants dress shoes like i i wear a beanie hoodie some shorts 
toss on the slippers, keep the feet warm and comfortable. Are you kidding me? How do you beat that? How do you beat that? It's I I've been doing it for two and a half weeks and I never ever again want to go back to the way it was before. It's it's too nice. And this is the craziest part. I live in Michigan. My internships were over the summer, warm out, snow doesn't exist right now. Right now that I've started, snow doesn't exist. Imagine all that shit I mentioned, wasting two hours every day, getting up early and showering and changing. And and you got to clean snow off your car. You got to go even earlier to get the scraper out and bust your ass. Get after you just showered, bust your ass cleaning snow and ice off your off your windshield. I didn't even think about that. Are you kidding me? How is how is anyone on earth like? Oh man, I can't wait till work from home is over. I don't. I really just don't. I don't think I ever will understand. To be honest with you, like. Bro, snow. You got to clean snow off your car. Like, you're already annoyed. You had to wake up early and go to work. And now you got to clean snow off your car? Mm. Mm. You catch my drift. I think work from home has revolutionized the way, at least the way I feel. There's got to be other people out there that are the same way. It's revolutionized the way I feel about work in the nine to five life. It's like, oh, this isn't so bad. I just wake up, hang out at home. Like I'm on my computer at home. If I'm hungry, I go get some Cheez-Its. I want to stretch the legs. I'll go for a 15 minute walk, play with my dog here and there, maybe throw on some music. Like I'm living the dream here. I'm living the dream. How could anybody, I can't play music out loud. I can't sing while I'm working on stuff in the office. I can't go just grab Cheez-Its in the office. I can't make an infinite amount of coffee. Well, I guess you could make an infinite amount of coffee at the office, but you know what I'm saying? Got a quick break. I can't go lay on my bed for 20 minutes at the office. It's revolutionary. That's all I got confessions-wise, young professional-wise. Again, still, like I said, not much happening, not much to talk about. I'm kind of just pulling things from thin air. Although I think my topics, this is the second one after the re-intro. I think the topics have actually been pretty good, pretty relevant, but I'm kind of just pulling stuff out of the air to talk about. Tigers today. Extra innings, beat the Twins 4-3. This Akil Badu guy, I have to talk about him for at least a couple minutes. I know this isn't young professional related. I know I'm, I just talked about Detroit sports yesterday. I got to do it again today. The guy is Nick Cage in Ghost Rider. The dude's just flaming walking around. The dude's burning trees, pots, and plants as he walks down Woodbury Avenue. It's unreal what this dude's doing. First major league at bat, bomb, yabo, see ya, into the bullpen. Yesterday, even though the Tigs were getting massacred, Grand Slam, Yabo, bullpen shot. Today, doesn't play all day. Put him in the pinch run. Guess what? Your time came in the top of the 10th. Two outs. Tigers are doing their best. They're doing everything in their power to blow this lead. After in the top of the 10th, Gregory Soto puts on a master class on how to get out of a uh, runners in scoring position jam. Down the road, two outs. Candelario's just posted up on, we got guys on second and third, I think. Akil Babu, hey, buddy. I know you sat on the bench all day. Get in there and uh, fucking win us the game. How's that sound? Goes in, piss missile in the right field. Tigers win, walk off Akil Badu. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? I heard about him in the offseason. I heard about him in spring training, read about him on Twitter. It was like, oh, this I just keep saying, I keep, I kept saying his name pop up. Oh, Akil Badu, Akil Badu, watch out for this guy. I'm like, A, where the fuck did he come from? 
no idea who I we didn't draft him. He wasn't one of he's not Riley Green. He's not Torque. He hasn't been in the system. We didn't make any trades. Where'd he come from? And B, this dude's twenty two years old out of the fucking clouds, out of the bleachers in left field, and he's the best player in Detroit. Where the, who is this guy? Is this Babe Ruth reincarnated? Like, this dude just comes out of nowhere and is just fucking hitting bombs and walk-off shots to send Minnesota Twins home? Like, what is going on here? This dude, this dude, Akil Badu, if he keeps up what he's doing, not even, like, all year, if he keeps it up for, like, a month of this season, the story of this season, because we all know Tigs aren't making the playoffs, they're not doing anything crazy. If he keeps this up for like a month, two months, God forbid, for a summer, this dude is going to become like the biggest name in Detroit. Easily the biggest name on the Detroit Tigers. This dude already, already has like more notoriety than anybody else on the Tigers except for maybe Cabrera. And that's Cabrera notoriety, notoriety now. May as well be zero. But Cabrera's notoriety just comes from what he did in his career. Akil Badu may be the most popular, most electrifying, biggest name that plays baseball in Detroit today. The dude is an absolute electric factory. I still, I get we got him in the Rule 5 draft, which I still, to be honest with you, not totally sure what that means. We got him from Minnesota, which is ironic. Great little universe move there. Get get the guy to walk off against the team that said, and eh, we don't want you. We'll trade you for a bag of peanuts. The, the Twins just gave the greatest baseball player in the history of the game to Detroit for free. The, the Minnesota Twins gave Mookie Betts meets, meets Mike Trout, meets Ted Williams, meets Babe Ruth to us for free. Is that what you're telling me? This dude is hitting, he's 22, he's hitting opposite field home runs. Miguel Cabrera style, just fucking flick the wrist and into the bullpen. He's coming up after sitting on the bench and probably cracking jokes and spitting seeds all game, and he's just like, fuck it, I'll just hit a laser beam in the right field to win the game when literally no one else on this team can get it done. Whatever, dude. That's just what, that's a kill do for you. That's just what I do. This dude, unreal. And my God, it's like Batman. He's not this. He's not the hero the city needs, but the one it deserves. The Red Wings stink. The Pistons stink. I get the Pistons kind of have some heroes with Sadiq and Isaiah Stewart making it interesting. The Lions are gonna stink. The Tigers are gonna stink too. Akil Badu is doing everything in his power to 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 get Detroit sports fans to crawl out of bed every morning. When you don't want to wake up and get on Zoom meetings, when you don't even feel like brewing a cup of coffee, a kill but he wants you to think about him hitting fucking opposite field grand slams and ripping the hearts of the Minnesota Twins out and eating up. That's what he wants you to think about. What a legend this dude is already becoming like this this little three four five whatever game stretch of his is already the most like excited stretch of games for a player certainly for the Tigers like maybe of any of the Detroit sports teams for the last like three years outside of I guess maybe the Lions like when Stafford would go on a stretch outside of maybe Stafford like who Red Wings haven't had anyone where it's like this dude's on fire I guess Adam Ernie kind of Akil Badu. 
legend of the game, bringing the Tigers back. This dude might fuck around and carry this team to a World Series. 22 year old. Minnesota gave him to us for a bus ticket and half a shoelace, and he might take us to the World Series. I still, who is this guy? I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I know what you're doing on your lunch break today or when you're bored at work. Hitting, hitting Google, hitting Wikipedia, hitting the streets hard. Akil Babu, who is he? Where was he born? Where did he get to high school? Why haven't I heard of him before a week ago? The, the Cinderella of baseball, Akil Badu, also made an absolutely fire Badu shirt. That's the other thing that's so great about him. Not only did he just burst onto the scene and he's just raking and terrorizing teams, Badu, like Badu, imagine a 40,000 filled packed Comerica. He hits a walk off bomb. Badu, like his name, his branding, it's so perfect to be a superstar. It's so perfect. It's like this guy came to Detroit. It's like fucking his parents picked his name. It's like he hits rockets from the left side of the plate just to become a superstar. Badu, it's so fucking perfect. I'm obsessed with the guy. I'm obsessed with the guy. Akil Badu, Keep raking, keep doing your thing, keep the Tigers relevant, keep Detroit cool, make Detroit great again. Let's keep doing it. Akil Badu, have some fun. Other thing, made an Akil Badu shirt. Badu, it's absolute gas. It's a classic, like, not over the top, and it's not one of the picture ones. Just an easy little cool graphic. Badu, Tigers colors, it's so money. Once he hits, like, 50 piss missiles this year, they're going to fly off the shelves. Badu, thesecondstring.com. Check it out if you're a Tigers fan, if you're a baseball fan, if you like just being happy, if you enjoy the city of Detroit, if you've watched baseball before, if your parents put you in T-ball when you were a kid, you absolutely have to own one. Badu, thesecondstring.com. They're absolute gas. Had to talk about them. The guy's going to hit two bombs, a grand slam, and a walk-off against the team that gave them to us for free. How am I not? I have a Detroit fucking sports podcast. You expect me to not come on here? And I watched the game. I sat through 10 innings of the game today. They blew it in the eighth. I almost went to the gym in the ninth. I was like, you know what? No, they, they're doing the new rule. You start with a runner on second. I'll tough out the tenth. We'll see if anyone can win it, and then I'll go. He fucking rewarded me. I sat through it, down to our last out. Boom, Akil Badu. Hey, now you can go to the gym, Nick. How about that? Thank you, Akil. I appreciate that. Think I'm not going to come on here and talk about him after this dude electrifies the arsenal of democracy? You think I'm not going to come on and talk about him? Badu. I love it. I It's going to be a sad day because inevitably baseball, it's a game of water finding its level in statistics. There will be probably sooner rather than later a stretch where he kind of like fizzles out and it's like, remember when that dude had those three games? But until then, I'm going to ride this high. I'm going to soak it all in. I'm going to say Badu every chance I get. I'm going to tell everybody I know, you got to watch this guy play. You got to buy a shirt. You got to hop on the bandwagon. Otherwise, you're out of your mind. We got to enjoy it. As Detroit Detroit sports fans, we know in the long run this team isn't going anywhere. We know we're still a couple years off. So when you get a flash in the pan, when you get a shooting star, you get a virtuoso on the left side of the plate like Akil Badu that was gifted to us for free by a divisional rival, those morons, you have to soak it in. You have to enjoy every second of it. It's like your parents getting up there in age. you got to take every chance you can with them. Go to the Apple Orchard. Do something special for your birthday. Sit down and watch a game with your dad. you got to do that stuff. When you get guys like Akil Badu, you got to savor every moment. you got to sit down. you got to buy the shirt. You got to scream Badu from the 500th row up at Comerica. You have to do those things. You have to do those things. I had to talk about the guy. That's what you get. Listen, that's what you get in Detroit when you're, when you become a Detroit superstar. 
you win championships, you get the fat contracts, you get the money, the girls, the house, you can walk around Detroit, everybody loves you, you never pay for a drink in the city again, and better than all of that, probably better than all of that combined, Nick Bradley and the Second String Podcast, they're going to give you reverence like you've never had before. That's what you get when you're a superstar athlete in Detroit. That's what you get. That's why they do it. You think Casey Mize is throwing all those splitters and and throwing bullpens and working on his craft? Do you think Dylan Larkin's hitting leg day five times a week to win a Stanley Cup? No shot. He's doing it so Nick Bradley can say, I love Dylan Larkin. He's the captain that brought it back. I love the guy. That's why they do it. Respect to those guys. Mutual respect. Badu, buy the shirts, thesecondstring.com. All right, that's all I got today. I appreciate everyone listening per usual. Um. Twitter at Nick Second String, Instagram at the period second period string, the second string Detroit at gmail.com. If you got questions, comments, shit you want to talk about, whatever, let me know. I'll be there. Thank you for listening. Keep sharing, liking, subscribing, whatever, all that. You know the drill. Talk to you guys tomorrow.